Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is Mayor of Springfield, Oregon, Sean Van Gordon. Mayor Van Gordon, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to join join you again. This is always really cool. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, I, I want to give you uh, some credit for sending me re- episode recommendations behind the scenes. You and I have a great opportunity to build a relationship behind the scenes. We chat quite a bit, you know, probably once a month a lot about college football and and stuff unrelated to politics, but I really feel honored to be included in the conversation in the town that I've grown up in. I think a lot of the people in public office haven't lived here as long as I have, so it means a lot to me to be included. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, about uh, the troubles with communicating with the community virtually. We've talked about that when we've had you on in the past, but we've got a big event coming up October 5th. There's going to be a virtual town hall. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, I want to thank you for some of the the episode recommendations. I had mentioned it. Uh, the the general manager of the M's, uh, Alan Benavides, when he came on, you had kind of met with him about the potential about the M's moving to Springfield, and maybe we'll get to that too today. And then you know you had said, hey, do you want to interview him on the podcast? And I'm like, of course, of course, that would be amazing. Oh uh, yeah, well you know, your shows become kind of a real interesting sort of story and good news piece in what Mark Molina does in, in Springfield. It's, it's nice to take those little stories and, you know, where something interesting is happening and to give it to people and have a, have a, have a chance to have a longer conversation with folks because it's just, it, there's a lot of great stuff happening. Yeah. I appreciate it. And it, you know, I'm, this is a learning process. I'm completely un uh, trained in this whole situation. And I've, I have to learn by doing things wrong. That's the only way we do learn. So in my opinion, by doing them wrong. So like I, I've basically learned ways that I need to kind of form my interviews and my questions and whatnot. And so it's, it's a learning curve for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty grateful for where it's at considering we're at, you know, 141 episodes now and I'm talking to the mayor. I mean, it's pretty cool. So, uh, thanks again for doing this. So let's get right into it. Uh, it's been nine months now since you've been sworn in as mayor. Uh, what is the, what have you learned from your time as mayor? Oh, I, I've learned so much. Um, I, you know, and I think every single day I learn more about different parts of the community that maybe I, you know, haven't, haven't seen um, or different stories that people have gone through and they just sort of show um, are looking for somebody to tell, tell them that story. 
we're in a weird space because, you know, we're, we're going to get past the pandemic in 2020 and 2021. And we're going to kind of look back to the before times and, you know, we're going to call it the before times and we're going to, then we're going to be talking about the after times. And at the end of the day, like so many people in Springfield are working so hard to, you know, give back to their community, if it's in businesses or nonprofits or just in their neighborhoods. Um, I, I've been really um, impressed and amazed about just places people go out every single day and want to make their, make, make their community better. And I think when we think about after, right, like where we're, where we're going, um, the community in a lot of ways is going to feel smaller, meaning that, you know, it's not going to feel like there's giant bureaucracies. It's going to feel like it's, you know, that you call somebody, you know, and you want to talk about some idea and, you know, and you carry it forward, right? Like in, and I think when I think about how important some of some of the roles as mayors are, mayor is, I like I remind myself it's like just tell people how excited you are to be in Springfield, right? Yeah. Like and and help point people the right direction so that they can so that they can take their dream and you know help make it into a reality, and that's maybe all the support that they need. Yeah, there's been I mean anyone you talk to. And I do have an opportunity to talk to quite a few people because I work in a barber shop and I do a lot of the networking stuff on, on social media. And anyone you talk to right now, they're just they're like, wow, Springfield is really doing well. And it's not a political thing at all. It's just a community thing. So it's kind of cool to see. A lot of people, it's, it's the optics of downtown. It's the fact that there's obviously plans, you know, that, I mean, it's super hard to understand. And, you know, some of the plans about economics and business and all that kind of stuff. But I, I mean, there's some big things being discussed, like the Eugene Emeralds potentially coming to Springfield and, and whatnot. And I haven't had a chance to cover that, um, the main spot that was going to be the track, you know, and and that's done. Right. That's not going to be the indoor track. That's not one of the options. Or is that wrong? Um, so this is this is one of those interesting places. Right. So we we're in a place called where we put our request for qualifications out. So. Um, specific around it, it's like in a, in a go quiet period right now. So to make sure that, you know, it's not a place out of anything in the city that I, that I can talk to you about sure. at this very second is not one of them Okay. because there there's a, it's an, in an open bidding window, Okay. but have me back in about six more months and I'll tell you all about it. I definitely will. So then now as mayor, what has been the biggest surprise? Is it, is it kind of stuff like that where you're like, wow, I have to really kind of think about what I'm saying and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's really kind of finding different ways to help people, right? Because there's still a lot of, um, sort of stress out there related to, to, um, 2020. So, you know, to, to find ways to, you know, to just kind of be where people are at and, um, and nudge them along or, sometimes it's people don't understand how government systems work. Right. So sometimes I feel like I'm putting my, you know, like a teacher hat on, right. And just saying, Hey, look, this is why you're, why something's happening. And, you know, it's, it's perfectly normal. Um, also, I think, I think it's, I think it's just the importance of, you know, um, just advocating for where we are in Lane County, what we actually need. There's a lot of times that, um, that, you know, I'm just sort of, talking about what's great about Springfield and where we, where we need to go and trying to clarify that, that vision. But sometimes it's, you know, giving testimony in Salem and saying, Hey, this thing's not working. Or sometimes it's, you know, 
calling another, you know, sit, you know, mayor or city councilor or, you know, or county commissioner and just asking how do we sort of work left to right, right? Like, so that it is a, and I'll give you an easy example here as a partner, like so much of Springfield going forward has got to be in that team Springfield mentality. Um, I'll give you a, an example. Do you know where the old um, uh, school admin building is over on Mill Street? Mm-hmm. The one that's been kind of like, they, they've come out of probably 10 years ago, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, there's a group in town that wants to turn it into a, ha- like into an, uh, a housing development to bring more kids and families to, to Springfield, right? So, but not one person controls that decision. So the, the, the city's got, you know, money that is related to affordable housing that's sitting right there, right? That is, you know, ready to go. You know, there's a community desire to sort of do this. And we, and then, you know, we've got to make sure we, we, we talk to the school board because the school board actually owns the building. Right. Right. And they've got to agree to sell it to, you know, to folks to, to turn it into affordable housing. Right. So it's not just, Hey, look, the city wants to do something and, you know, we get to just go for it. It's more like how to, how, how does the city act as a sort of a convener to get everybody at the table to say, okay, here's where we're going. Here's how we're going to get there. So the challenges of just kind of getting everybody not only on board, but in the same conversation, you know, because there's so much going on. I'm sure that's difficult. And, you know, there, you know, people are just in different places, right? So you may, you may have to slow walk the conversation. You may have to fast walk the conversation, but just constantly saying, here's how we go forward guys, like get on the road and start, you know, get in the boat, start rowing. One of the things, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit in, in a bit about redistricting and literally I'm going to have you kind of give us a civics lesson, but we'll get to that. And it's funny that you, you know, it's, it's cool that you say that, that you're like, sometimes I have to kind of uh, break down how this all works. And I love that you're willing to do that, that it's not something that you're like, oh, no, that's below me because I'm in this position now. It's like there's there's a lot of citizens that want to know how things work so that they can then give proper input. And so that's really cool that you're willing to be accessible like that. When you took the position, when you had talked about it before you you put your name in the hat so that you would move from city council to the mayor position and knowing COVID was, was you had talked about the challenges of 2020, knowing COVID that was there and wasn't really going away anytime soon. Was that something that you were like, did you take pause or did it actually make you kind of motivated because there's this new world of technology that you're kind of like, I want to jump in and, and see how we can do it. Um, maybe a little bit of both, right? Because the reality is that I don't know you right. Like we know it's going to be different, right? we just don't know how yet, you know, um, because I, I love moments when you really are working towards something, right. Where you see the vision, you know, on, you know, on the horizon and it's like, Hey, it's not perfect, but like we can kind of collectively walk towards this and build something as a community and understanding and, and, and thinking about how it, you know, how it's going to be different, right. Like in the post COVID world, the idea that we would not, you know, televise a, you know, city council meetings or take comments online or, right, like you can get a, um, your library card online right now, right? Those are all great changes that serve the community better. And, you know, they, they keep the, you know, it, and they keep, uh, you know, and they keep evolving and we want to keep some parts of that. Um, so I think it's just more like understanding that, you know, uh, my experience is a, is elected official, you know, it's just sort of growing and understanding that, you know, like the community is changing around you and just being willing to change with it. Yeah. Um, and kind of lean into those conversations. Um, but like, yeah, I think, 
I think, you know, the next 10 years, we're in a really good spot. I'm really excited, but it's going to be a lot of work. Oh, right? yeah. It is going to be a lot of partnerships and, you know, how do we just get the community going again? I think anybody that wanted to take a position in 2020, all of the people that had just got reelected, just recently were reelected to the school board and you stepping up to become mayor and, and with everything going on with COVID, with race relations in our area and protests and, and protests of masks and protests of all of it and mandates and all the different things. I have a lot of respect for people stepping up and being willing to take it from every side, you know, cause everyone's coming at you, you know, you know, and it's gotta be difficult. Well, you we're in a place where you harden where you put your political position is sort of naturally. And the thing that I, that I, I keep telling people is that just take a breath, right? Like, and, and really try to listen and understand where they're coming from. Right. Because there's not, you know, there's places where we're divided and there's, you know, people are using words and you may not understand. And it, this is a really great place to kind of get curious and go, okay, help me understand more. Tell me more about what you're going through, right? Bring people as part of the conversation because we're, we're experiencing this in all different ways. Yeah. And I think that's the, you had said before on the past episodes you've been on about how there's seats in, in, in Springfield city government that are nonpartisan. And that's how we kind of, you listen to people from both, you know, both extremes and, and everywhere across the board and, and, and you hear them, you know, and I think that's really valuable. So now speaking of hearing the community, October 5th, there's a town hall, virtual town hall visit with Van Gordon. This isn't the first one you've done these before. I went, I went to one. So what is different about this? This is, one? The, this is the second one. Okay. Um, I'm going to bring you know, I'm going to bring a couple of topics. Um, you know, right now people want, um, people want a chance to have a little bit of an open dialogue, right? This is, um, when, when, uh, we did it in June, it was in sort of a reaction that we still didn't have places where we can go have coffee and just answer broader questions. Right. So people are coming to city council wanting a, like a more in-depth conversation about what's going on and why, and really, the city council meeting is not necessarily set up for that back and forth. It's more set up to sort of take in input and then go back to your regular, regular business. So when we started visit with Van Gordon, it was just simply designed to have a space to take some Q and a, right. You know, and just come up and ask your question and let's talk about it and see where, you know, see where people are. And maybe you have a chance to ask a follow-up question to actually get people the answer that they, you know, and engage in a different way about, well, what's going on in the, in the community and why the last time we did it, um, we planned an hour, we went an hour and a half, um, and they ranged all the way from air quality, uh, to police issues, to economic development. It just covered the range of what's on people's mind. Um, so I hope people come out, it's virtual. So you, you can do, you know, it's a, it's going to be a zoom meeting, but the recordings posted on the city's YouTube when it's done. So where is the best way for people to find out about it? I mean, obviously social media, but where's the link? I mean, Facebook page, but what Facebook page? The one that I linked in the show notes for this episode is your mayor page. Yep. And so yep. Uh, that'll be linked. And so I make sure I want to make sure anyone follows that in the show notes, wherever you listen or watch this podcast, you'll be able to see a link, uh, you know, to to Mayor Sean Van Gordon's Facebook page. And that's probably a good resource for that. But also, is it linked on the Springfield it it will be on the city page as well. And, um, and I don't know if the press release is up, but the uh, city will issue a press release about it as well. So if you know a media person, tell them that they should pick it up and report it as well. Um, but it will be on the city's website, on the two Facebook pages. It's on all the city's social media accounts right now. 
um, so that you can get it on your calendar and like bring your questions. Yeah. Um, I, I love to talk about everything from library stuff all the way through, like what's going on with streets and college football video games. So no, so I'll take an easy one. Right. So, uh, I'll be back from Ireland on October 4th. And so I may or may not be uh, able to focus because of jet lag, but we'll see. I might tune into it. I'm definitely, I I tuned into the first one and I was really impressed with the range of topics and and you handled it really well as far as not deflecting too much. I mean, there's certain things you can't say and you would say that, you know, but there's things that you would talk about that I was kind of impressed by because a lot of times people will will just be like, no, 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 I'm I'm not interested in that discussion. You were willing to have it. And I think that's good. So now let's talk about the American Rescue Plan. Now, this is the bill that was signed by Biden in March. Is that correct? And then explain to us what the American Rescue Plan is. I mean, I know that's a really we could be here forever. Yeah. So you'll hear this called the Biden, like the, you know, the uh, Biden relief package. Right. That that was the bill that uh, that was the big um, bill that uh, that when uh, the, the president took office that they got passed as far as co- that was re- related to sort of COVID relief, right? So as part of that, you've got um, a lot of um, money that went to states, you've got a lot more money that went to rent assistance, um, and you've got a lot of money that went to um, local governments. Um, that, and it's got a specific role about what it, you know, um, about what you can spend it for, but there is some relief money that was that that is coming to the city of Springfield because of it. We actually just had the first conversation um, with the council on Monday about it, or this last Monday about it. Um, so that I think the county was getting getting close to like seventy million. Um, you know, the city of Eugene got close to thirty, um, and the city of Springfield got you know it looks like it came in at like fourteen million. I'm sure there's, that's not the exact sure, number, sure, right? Sure, but sure. we're talking round, round numbers. So, you know, is it again, kind of what you're talking about before on, on the city level, what, is it difficult getting that, you know, to be used or is that kind of, is that kind of set in place where it's a little bit easier to kind of get it out there? And Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's challenging, right? Because it is a lot of money. But if you don't use it in the right way, right, like you could you you could not move the, the, the community forward. Right. So, you know, if you think about what we need to use that money for, some of it is actually COVID relief at the city level. Right. So what we talked about Monday was, you know, making sure that we sort of segregated enough to fill in our revenue loss associated to um, the fallout from the pandemic so that we can sort of even out, you know, the next couple of years, um, you know, from a, from a service perspective. And one of the things people don't see about city budgets is that when you go in, like sometimes cities lag a little bit, right? So when you go into, um, when you go into economic, you know, um, slower economic times, right? The city actually has enough sort of things going in the short term that it kind of still keeps going right along with things. Right. And then as you start, as the private sector starts growing a little bit, that's where the whole for, that's where the impact for um, local governments really hits. Right. It's like in that year range out where, you know, projects that should have been things that bring in money to our, you know, private investment that should have started, um, you know, the private, the, in, in the recession, the, the private investors just canceled, right? Because there was a recession going on. Well, that impacts city budgets like two and three years out. Right. It takes so, time for it to be shown. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So really at least half of this money is really going to go towards, 
you know, evening out the level of service that we have, have as a city going, um, you know, in, in, in the out years as we come out of this recession, which is really going to be good for this. For right. the city. It's super vital people. Yeah. I mean, people don't understand how much on a city, county and state level yeah. funding has been just decimated from when people were out of work and just different things. And it, you know, that, that rep, that tax revenue, that's where, it's, that's where it comes from. Uh, you know, You know, to give you perspective, we're basically at the staffing level that we were coming out of the uh, 2009 recession. Yeah. Right. Like, and you've got another challenge that's associated to that. You know, you talk to any business out there, um, you know, as far as where you have money and you're trying to bring people on, right. The labor market is just, it's crazy. It's right so now. weird. It, yeah. You know, little side note not to get too off track but uh we went and got pizza and i'm not gonna say where but it doesn't matter but we i mean i couldn't believe the inefficiency of everything because it's all new people because there's been such a huge turnover in the job market you've had people that have you know now you have the the mandates where people are not getting vaccinated and they're are losing their jobs and then that has seats have to be filled and then there was positions that were you know people resign from for different reasons it's just wild there's just so much change happening when it comes to labor that it's i don't even know yeah it could be here forever it, it, talking about that now the american rescue plan also focuses on transportation is that correct well or is that a separate thing we had people, people there, there, there's so much so much so much sure. money money sort of sort of floating around um uh you know in, in the world so if you back up to the sort of the American Rescue Plan, I want to make sure people see the other things we sort of talked about, right? Like, um, so outside of, you know, dealing with sort of lost tax revenue, the things we talked about on Monday ranged from everything from, you know, that City Hall needs a new, like an HVAC system. It's probably 30 years past its useful life, right? And it, in that, we had that conversation all, and it ranges all the way through, you know, there was a conversation about, you know, hey, is there a renovation to the library that's coming? How do we think about streetlights differently, right? Like the, the money that we got out of that package is, um, is really, it's, it's not, it's got some strings attached to it, but it's, you know, but it's probably extremely flexible. So that's, that's the part we really have to kind of pull back as a conversation and have a conversation with, you know, as a community about, okay, where do we invest this, this money to make sure, you know, when you and I are sitting here 10 years from now, we want to look back at this moment and say, Hey, when they got the, this $14 million, they put it into the community and it really helped us get back on track. You know, well, Amelaine has a request. Um, we talked, you know, I talked about, you know, spending, a, you know, at least $100,000 on street trees to try to cool different neighborhoods, you know, um, you know, so that conversation is really going to be the framework, you know, that it's going to turn into council goal setting and some of the things that we worked on, we work on that in the next couple of years, because even if we can't fund it all from the American Rescue Plan, there's a lot of good ideas in that, that, that the council had in that conversation and a lot of them that I want to turn into actual um, work that we're going to do, we're, we're going to do in the future. Yeah. Now the, the transportation one's a little bit different, right? Because, um, there, you know, there is an infrastructure bill out there and it, that it's still in Congress that people are still, um, still waiting to figure out like, okay, are they going to get to an actual deal to make an, you know, whatever your view infrastructure is to make a large investment in, in infrastructure, so there's a lot of hype and conversation around infrastructure right now, which is really good because if you look out at our streets, you know, and 
you look out at our sewer systems and if we talk to sub right now, they would tell you, right, there's different places in the grid that need invested in. Right. There's just lots of stuff at work to do. Our streets are seeing in Springfield are seeing some improvement, uh, at least some updating. Uh, the Springfield, is that the Springfield Safety Project? That's the thing that is that is that a separate deal? Yeah. So when you it it really depends on the street that you're seeing. There's a list of about six streets, um, like Mohawk was one of them, parts of 42nd and High Banks um, and Thurston were one of them that came out of the street bond that we invested in, right? So that's one thing that you're seeing out there in the street. And the staff, by the way, public work has been absolutely It's, it's been good. I mean, there's been yeah. obviously delays and it's going to happen, but yeah, I've dealt with both of them. I take go to the dog park and I go to, down Mohawk and they were pretty efficient. It's, yeah. It's smooth, right? So that's the that's the bill at work that we invested in, uh, that we passed as voters probably in 2018. Um, and then you've got additional money that we got from the state. So we, we've got some work happening on residential streets, right? And then, you know, places like Mill Street, Mill Street's one a piece that uh, is a street that people raise their hand and go, well, what about Mill Street? Well, Mill Street you know, there's federal dollars associated to it. They're starting design on that project. It's going to happen. I don't know the date, but something's going to something's going to happen there. So, you're seeing it as, hey, you know, I'm actually seeing improvement in the street. You know, street and transportation system. You know, and really, what's happening is probably three to five things as far as investments in transportation that are all happening at the same time, sort of behind the scenes. So it's not all one thing, but. We're de- we've probably put more effort and energy and time in transportation the last three, three years than we had on any time when I was involved in politics. Yeah. So now Pete Buttigieg came to town and it was very public. There was a lot of pictures and you had a sweet hat that day. <laughs> <laughs> so Pete Buttigieg came to town. What was his deal? Was he kind of promoting the potential infrastructure bill yeah. and, you know, uh, talking about new electric buses and, and things like that? Well, yeah, so so that was something out of Congressman DeFazio's office um, that, you know, they had come into town to promote the infrastructure bill. Um, and if you look, they, you know, they had started up in Corvallis and did uh, a couple of safety stops. Right. And we did the back half, which was the tour in in LTD um, uh, at LTD about electrical buses and investments in investment in, in, in infrastructure. So um, I got to go out there, me and my sweet hat. Um <laughs> You know, and, you know, we toured the we, we toured, toured, toured the place with, uh, you know, uh, a couple of the elected officials, um, you know, uh, you know, Mayor Venice was there, uh, Congressman DeFazio, um, the president of the LTD board um, with the secretary. And, you know, we got to meet. We got to talk. Um, yeah, he's really what you see is what you get. He's a really genuine he's guy. Rad, I was really yeah. impressed. I'm a big fan of Buttigieg just overall. I mean, everybody, you know, he's got some snakiness too, but that's, that's, you have to on a national level, you know, but I'm a Bernie guy. So that's a different story. Well, I, somebody told me a funny story and I really saw it when I met him is that at his core, he's a mayor, right? So some, you know, executives run behind all the time, right? Yeah. But, you know, you put a mayor in, into a room with people who wants to shake everybody's hand and like, and meet them all. Yeah. Right. And so you, you saw that when like in the building behind the press event, right? Like, yeah, he, he, he was a lot of fun. I was glad he he's personable. He's good. I'm sure. And you know, it's interesting because I don't know how to frame this question. Cause I, you know, the different levels of, of maybe being starstruck or whatever, but really you hold the position that he held before he got on the national spotlight. He was in a South Bend is not big, you know? No. And so do you feel any of that or is it kind of, 
someone like him, I'm sure, puts you at ease pretty quick. You know, but to, to you, you're like, wow, this dude was on a huge scale. I mean, does that cross your mind or is it to you? Is it just kind of just business as usual? Um, no, it felt a little bit like business as usual. Um, there's people that uh, sort of, I don't know if like they give off a lot of executive presence, sure. right? And then there's people that um, that I've met in life and this is in business and this is in politics. And there's people that I met in life that feel really just like a normal guy doing his doing his thing. And he happens to be sort of sort of the secretary of transportation. He felt like to me, like a normal guy doing his thing who happened to be the secretary right. of transportation. Politics um, or otherwise. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I have a no, I like I, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. right? Like because most people, when you get past that sort of like that that sense of position are is just they're just, people people. just normal they're folks. just people now yeah. just for fun in not just politically in in life has there any ever been anybody that you've encountered that you've spoke with that you were completely starstruck that you just couldn't that you're like oh my gosh oh like like in my entire life or in, in um, a, we'll just say adult life some what if if anyone sticks out that you were like wow this is this person's a big deal you know, you know that. Okay. Um, I was a little, I'll, I'll tell you a person I was a little bit starstruck, starstruck about. I'm sure he's a listener. Um, like, have you ever heard of the history of Rome podcast? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me and my buddies, when, um, when he published his first book, uh, that was, um, uh, oh, the storm before the storm, right. Which is oddly on point about, you know, relevant in, in a 2016 era. Um, I was a little starstruck when I met him. Yeah. He's just a normal dude, right? Sure. But it was like, you know. Well, if you're a big fan of somebody's work, you know, I've had a couple times. I've had the the lead, the guitarist for No Effects, which is my favorite punk band, came in to get a haircut. I was working at Precision Cuts in Eugene. It's a defunct company. It's, it's not even open now. And he came in and he was like, hey, can I get a haircut? We had a receptionist. And I turned and I couldn't talk. Like I was like, uh, and it was because I had posters of them on my wall growing up. And then, you know, when I was younger, the athletes cutting hair on campus and having athletes come in, you know, Haloti Nada became a regular customer. And still now, I mean, I've, I've made friendships with, with athletes that are current, but you know, now to me, they're the same age as my kids. It's different, but yeah. it's just always interesting to think of when, when you see these high profile people and I'm sure it's kind of neat, but then, like you said, you, you pull up your sleeves and you get to work when it's the political world. Now yeah. let, let's talk a little bit about redistricting. This is where sure. some of us like me, I got to admit, I don't know a ton about it, you know, and so I kind of want a little bit of a civics lessons and we can explain to the if if we're talking layman's term, the average voter that might not yeah. understand how this works. What is redistricting and why is it so important? So I'm going to get I'm going to get all the dates wrong. So don't hold me accountable to the dates or don't. But I, I will tell you the, the process that we're in. So each every 10 years is required by the Constitution. We take a census. Right. So they have to go out and count everybody. And the next year, um, that data gets released. And then each, um, then, and it goes down different layers, right? So then you figure out how many congressional seats you're going to have. And then the states have to go in and redraw where their congressional legislative house district seats. Um, I don't know that it's going to impact Eugene. I don't know enough about the government, but city council wards get redrawn. But effectively, what you're doing right now is in the United States, um, that you've got basically you follow a rule call that's one person one vote right so that means that roughly all the congressional districts need to be some sort of equal equal size 
And that's where it gets a little bit tricky from there, right? Be, all the legislative districts need to be sort of equal size. So what's happening is the state has got has got a joint uh, a, a joint committee between the Senate and the House, and they're trying to pass what the new congressional maps are, what the new House district maps are, which the, and what the new Senate district maps are. Um, and if they don't do that. Um, and it's coming up, I think they're in session next week and they're going to try to pass that. If they don't do that, then it goes to the secretary of the state, uh, secretary of state. And then the secretary of state gets to redraw them with, you know, with within uh, the legislative requirements. Right. So right now, when it comes to, you know, at the, the part that we're at, we got an extra congressional district. So we went from five congressmen to six. Right. So that always gets a little bit challenging. And then. Um, and they have to be roughly equal, right? So the, the three basic rules when you draw these lines are they have to be continuous, right? So, you know, they have to be one district. They have to be basically equal. The rules are a little bit different on the congressional side than the legislative side. And then they have to sort of protect, you know, what they call communities of common interest. Um, so that's where all, so all the push between left and right and sort of center is really around the argument about, how are you going to get represented the next 10 years? Because when these maps get drawn and they have to get drawn no matter what, right, this is going to be the districts that, that are, you know, represent Oregon and Washington. These are going to be, you know, who runs seats in Salem and, you know, so we're going to be stuck with them. So a community of common interest now is that, is that, and I could be completely wrong, but is that like political affiliation? Cause this can get really murky where, with gerrymandering where there where I don't know about if this is an issue as much in Oregon. I, I don't believe it is, but I know in some states it gets pretty bad where it's literally the lines are not, are not, you know, it's not like a square where it's like, here's your region. They try to figure it out so they can work the demographics so that it can go to one side or the other. I yeah, haven't seen that in Oregon too much, but I'm not going to like, somebody once told me that, that redistricting is a, is a political process, right? Like that we try to sort of, um, cover up and say that it's a nonpartisan process, right? So the argument that you are going to see, and I'm not going to say, you know, render judgment on whether or not people are gerrymandering sure. or not, right? But like, that's really where where the um, where the where the this becomes less science and more art. Um, prior to 2000, Springfield didn't have its own house district, right? That that's only been something that's happened in from, from 2000 on. Right. So you could see that would be a good example yeah. of, of where is Springfield has kind of grown the last 20 years, you know, at some point, somebody before me has made an argument to the legislature that says, really, no, we are one community. We should have one, you know, we should have a representative and, you know, we should have a voice that is collectively together. Another good example that somebody told me once about how this works is talent. Do you know where talent is? I think is so. That, yeah. So like in one map, three revisions ago, right? Like they had it with everything going south, right? Well, you know, talent as a community said, no, really we face towards Albany, right? We, we shop in Albany, we live in Albany, we travel to Albany, right? So like what you think of as a community of common interest, right? Really depends on, right? What story, it could be school districts, it could be transportation links, it could be, um, you know, economic links. Sometimes people argue that it's, you know, political by nature. You know, it depends on what what you actually think about um, when when you sort of make that argument. 
there's not really a wrong argument to make, but it's more like that give and take that you see in most political questions. Yeah. I mean, in, yeah. So, uh, who who votes on these? I mean, I know that right now I've been I've been seeing some promising things that there's pretty bipartisan support on this that it's close to getting you know like it's not going to get to the point where it has to be designed by the Secretary of State in Oregon. It looks like yeah, I I don't know on uh, I don't know a ton like so the the commit the committees are going to pass them and then they're going to try to pass them in 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 the House like in the House and the Senate. Um, so it's going to be our legislature that is going to take a um, a first shot at this right. If they can get to an agreement, then then they're they're going to set the maps. If it doesn't, and I don't know at what point it goes to the Secretary of State, but we basically are going to run elections on these these next maps this next this next year. I'm hopeful, but I'm eternally an optimist. Um, you know, given I would rather the legislature get to some get to an answer that everybody can agree on than have you know than have the Secretary of State draw them, right. and it's not. I don't know anything about. No, it's not about that. It's it's you don't want it to be completely partisan because then it's going to be a fiasco, you know, because even if it's even if it's what's right, how do you decide that? And yeah, it's I mean, yeah, it's everybody. If if the legislature gets to it and everybody can put their hands in the middle. Right. Then we all did it together. Right. Exactly. And that's what I mean. It's what we're lacking in this country as a whole is when we're like, okay. Let's have some compromise. I mean, that's literally so important. We don't have a ton yeah. of time, so we got some stuff I want to I want to yeah. move on. Uh, and you know, hey, if you're listening and you're still in the dark on redistricting, me too. So so don't feel too bad. But well, Google it. Google redistricting in your area. It's really important for you to read up on this stuff and know more about it. And if you want to get active in the community, as I'm a precinct committee person for the Democratic Party of Lane County. But that being, you know, there's been a lot of talk behind the scenes like, hey, if you're interested in getting in this redistricting board, uh, committees and I just didn't know anything about it. I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm still in the learning process. But go look at the 538 podcast. It has got a good series on redistricting that covers everything from what different states do. Yeah. Like if you really want to nerd out on this, um, yeah. it just has a good like it just got a good set of stories about some of the challenging that people have seen on the East Coast all the way through when people try to do it differently, what it looks like. And it can go really bad, you know, if people are doing it only with political reasons where they want to control the electorate, you know, control who's voting. And so anybody, and this is my words, my words, anybody that does want, that wants less people to vote is doing an injustice to democracy. So I'm just going to say that, (laughs) but, uh, so now you had taken a trip to Portland for a new bridge naming and I just wanted to talk about this because it's so hilarious. Uh, the bridge is going to be named Ned Flanders Bridge. And and first of all, who decided this? If anyone doesn't know who Ned Flanders is, he's the Simpsons character. He's the neighbor of the Simpsons family. Uh, who decided to call it the Ned Flanders Bridge? Was this voted well, it's on? The Flan- it's the Flanders Bike Bridge, right? Okay. So you, you've got you've to start with that in mind because that makes the story make a ton more sense, right? So it wasn't, so as they, for, I don't know, it sounds like for like at least 20 years, they've been trying to get this bike bridge across 405 there um, that has been, and they finally got it built. And so they needed a new name for it. Well, it was the Flanders Bike Bridge. Um, I don't know where Port- the Portland Bureau of Transportation came up with, you know, that it should be the Ned Flanders bike bridge. But, you know, at some point they reached out to us because we have contacts with Fox because, you know, we're Springfield. Springfield. Sure. Yeah. 
and we help them get connected to get, you know, make it official. There's a, there's a very like cool little, uh, um, you know, plate there, uh, plaque with it, uh, the information on there. And so as this situation evolves, right, it turns out that, well, why don't we come up, you know, for the big unveiling? So uh, two weeks ago, you know, I hop in a car and I drive up there to give, you know, we brought, we brought gifts, um, up there from the city of Springfield. And, you know, we met with their transportation, their Bureau of Transportation. We helped them unveil the Ned Flanders bike bridge. What do you bring as a gift for something like hard boiled eggs from Moe's? Is that what you bring? <laughs> so, like, I, I am going to text. I am going, I'm going to text it to you after the fact I brought them a, I brought them a plaque with it, with a key to the city on it, that's but awesome. it wasn't just a key to the city. It was the old school 1980s keys to the city that we still have that devil is a, a bottle opener. Oh, wow. And so we had it mounted on a, a plaque so they could take it off. And there's a note from me on it. And it'll go on, hopefully go on the bridge or something like that. That's really fun. So now yeah, as a light, nature. yeah, as a lighthearted question, if you had the opportunity to name a bike bridge in, in Springfield, which Simpsons character would you name it after? I would not name a, a bike bridge <laughs> after a Simpsons character. That is the but, correct answer. That was a trick question. Um, I, I think if, if we did another Simpsons thing, right. Um, I would, I, you know, you see how many people start in, uh, on that Simpsons mural and then sort of drive around looking for different Simpsons art through town. Right. Yeah. And they sort of check them off. Like it's a, like it's a scavenger hunt. Right. If we did another Simpsons thing, I would do something that would be, I would look for something that's unique and probably a little bit, you know, a little bit harder to find and not so publicly, you know, um, available so that people had that, like, so that you knew, you knew, you know, Oh, look, you got five, but you were serious about this. If you went out of your way to go find the sixth thing out there. Right. Something, an Easter egg more or less. Yeah. You know, we do have, you said there was $14 million. So, I mean, I know people need to have <laughs> rental assistance, but let's just put up more Simpsons murals. No, I do think it actually, I, I don't want to, I'm joking and I don't want to, don't at me on this, but it, the Simpsons murals are pretty fun. Uh, and at a time, you know, however that funding, that's a different story for a different day. Yeah. I think it's kind of silly and P- Portland is, is, is funny for doing it, but you know, if it brings people joy, what can you say? Yeah, in this crazy time that we're at, and Portland's in it in a bad way, right? Like, right. It's, like, let yeah. them have a good good. You got to name it something. It's got to have a name, you know. So, yeah. uh, so now we're coming up on the end of the year. I I know that I'm a little premature to talk about the end of the year, but I'm going to be taking a, about a probably three weeks off because I'm going to be going to Ireland on Wednesday, which I'm super excited about. I can't believe it's actually happening finally. Uh, so I wanted to talk about 2022 goals, really for fall, and then going into the new year. Uh, if, if you had one goal for citizens to work towards collectively, what would it be? Oh, you're going to end up, you should have ended on the Simpsons mural, right? right. Like it was I know. More... And I, I bring it back home and I'm like, this is a big one. Um, the goal that like the, if I, if I had goals for the fall, it would be like, it, it would be like, we just got to work past this COVID thing. Um, because it will all until we, you know, and it's okay to ask, you know, people to, you know, that to put in time and effort and labor to make sure that, you know, you're making, you know, good decisions to make sure that we, you know, that we don't over completely overwhelm, you know, our hospitals and our ability to, you know, 
our ability to care for people. That doesn't mean that we're, that there's, you know, that there's going to be a lockdown or something out there. Nobody's going back towards that. But I mean, if we really need to find a way to end the pandemic, because that's the thing that's holding our community back um, and the damage associated to that, to our families and our businesses. Hospital, um, hospital, the hospital is just insanely overrun, you know, and it's really scary. So, and we, I mean, I, it, it feels like it's closing in, you know, COVID numbers are just spiking and yeah, it's scary. I, and, and we can't, right. We can't get to everything that we want to get to as a community until we get through the pandemic. We can't go around it. We can't ignore it. Um, we, we've got to sort of deal with, deal with the pandemic so that, you know, we can move on, we can move on as a community. Yeah, I agree. So the virtual town hall, which is uh what is it? Visit with, with, visit visit with, with Van, Van Gordon. Gordon. So is the Facebook page, is it, is it Van Gordon for Springfield? Is that what it, I have, uh, it, I have I it linked in the show notes. Yeah. I'll go look at the, what the, the actual, yeah, I, I think it's Van Gordon for, for Springfield. I have it linked in the show notes. And so, uh, you know, you can find the link to follow your uh, mayor Facebook page and mayor Sean Van Gordon. I really appreciate everything you do. And I love that you include me in the conversation and it, it means a lot to me and you're always welcome on my show. I want to give a shout out to my top sponsors, Oregon Cashflow Pro and Subdermal Art Collective for continuing to be my biggest sponsors. Shout out to Jeremy Dirtball Cummings also for being a monthly sponsor. And if you'd like to be an, an individual sponsor, you can go to strpod.com slash sponsors and become a monthly or one-time donation uh, individual sponsor. And I put your picture up on the website if you'd like, and, and that's kind of fun. And it really helps me continue doing this whole, the whole show. So Mayor Sean Van Gordon, it's always a treat to chat with you. I look forward to the coming uh, months and we got a lot of big stuff. At least it's not an election year, so to speak, though, you know, so there's no uh, big campaigns as far as individual seats. And that's always a good thing because we need a break. <laughs> so thank you very much. I'm going to end this with a song. This is off of my new album. This song is to remind us to be ourselves. This song is called Be You featuring, it's me, Patty Rose, featuring Gradient. This is Be You. This one goes out to the socially unique, the misfit, the outcast, the nerd, and the geek. This one goes out to the social outcast. I'm about to put you on blast. They laugh because we are different. We laugh because they are
Last year did a lot of pain happen to y'all Well I maintain I wouldn't be rapping at all If the frostbite and the long nights and the struggle To build it back up never burst my bubble I don't wanna be another saying woe is me Like the only one to ever take a blow is me I notice these folks saying slow your roll The bad actors are never gonna know your role Be you like black unity Big ups to break in uniformity Be you like better understand that you're best upgrade If you do perform with me Being underestimated for Being under the rest who made it But understand we better book and be trained I'm never gonna begin to let a sucker offend me I'm insane, may never be normative But the game feels so performative You maintain the illusion of common sense I speak truth in the booth when I'm rhyming since For so long I would hate performing The fakes would say my voice ain't the norm And berate the stuff that outdoes the haters But we love our neighbors in the state of Oregon Open up like the teeth and let them in Whether you speak with a speech impediment You got honor like a decent veteran So knock knock, let the peaceful enter in Spoken fast, the broken class host is back to show you that You're fit to make progress Cause the authentic been the best broadcast I know you saw it on the Spent the Rent podcast They laugh cause we are different <laughs> We laugh cause they are all the same They laugh at us cause they jealous But they will always remember our name They laugh cause we are different We laugh cause they are all the same They laugh at us cause they jealous